Hello, hello. It is the VBAC link, and we've got a special episode for you today. This is special episode number 26, and we have our friend Lynn. Lynn has never met us, <laughs> actually. But I actually approached her um, about being on the podcast because she has a video out there on YouTube. I actually should look this up here. I will tell you at the some point in this episode of what it's called, or maybe she will tell you. Um, but she has an episode or a episode, a video about scar massage and something that I started investigating probably a year ago, maybe two. I'm trying to think is scar massage because I had somebody tell me that she wondered if, and this is also through like learning more about feedback um, and us writing this course, but had me tell me that um, she wondered if a lot of my problems that I was having was associated with my scar and maybe um, I needed to massage it. And I never really thought about massage and no one's ever talked to me about massage. And so I started Googling it and Lynn's YouTube video came up. She does it very well. And she she kind of gives a story about another woman who she has treated. And so, yeah, so I kind of started watching more of her videos because that's what you do, right? When you find a video or a podcast or something that you like, you just continue watching those videos. And so I told Julie, I'm going to reach out to her and I'm going to ask her to be on our podcast. And it's been crazy because scheduling is crazy. But um, we are so excited that we have Lynn on today. So I, yeah, I've been a women's health physical therapist for over 30 years. I stopped counting at 30. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be any older than that. And gosh, about for a decade ago, when I moved to Boulder, I had to start my practice all over again. And I just started working with pregnant and postpartum women. And I just started seeing you know, all the same things happening in all of the part of women that I was that showed up on my table and I started noticing all these patterns in the body that, that I would see the same thing in every single person who laid down and their pelvis would rotate to the same direction their ribs would be flared their you know all these different things I found bladders off to one side and just started in, um, seeing all this and then I figured out how to like release it from the body and then mom kept saying oh my gosh I feel so much better in one in one session their symptoms were resolved resolved that's amazing and so I started putting on YouTube everything I found in the body just put short little videos up to let moms know hey this could be what's going on and I started getting emails from women all over the world going oh my god that's exactly what I have you're you're speaking my language here mm -hmm. do you know anybody who can help me and I was like, I, I don't because everything that I've discovered, I've learned myself. I didn't go take a course, right, to, to learn it or to, to, to do it. And so that's when I started realizing, like, wow, I need to start teaching this. So back in 2016, I founded the Institute for Birth Healing, and now I'm traveling the world and um, teaching other body workers, so massage therapists, PTs, midwives, chiropractors, osteopaths, anybody who has the license to touch, even some nurses have come to my courses That's amazing. Um, to learn these specific techniques to help heal the postpartum body. And so I've also created a certification program where people can now become certified as birth healing specialists. Mm -hmm. and, and they're getting the same amazing results I am in their sessions with their moms too. So it was really cool. And 
I knew I was on to something when this, I think the how to massage your C-section scar video, which you were talking about there earlier, that one actually... That is the second edition of it because my the initial one that I put on probably over 10 years ago, I, I lost access to it and it had over almost like a half a million views. Oh. And I was like, holy cow, that is something that is interesting to people. Yes. <laughs> and so, you know, I was like, wow. But I couldn't access it to change some of the information. I wanted to add my link and my website and stuff to it. But because what happened was actually Google bought out YouTube, and then my access to that video, I lost it. So then I had to re-put another one on, same one, but just, you know, put it up again. And now I haven't looked at it recently to know how many, but I know it's in the several hundred thousands (laughs) of views. And so I added to it, I actually added another video on there. It's why you should massage your C-section stars. I can have two videos on my channel. So I have an Institute for Birth Healing channel on YouTube, and there's two videos on there. One is why you should do it, which we can discuss here, and then the other is how you should do it. Mm-hmm. So, I've um, both of those. Yeah, it's really, really important. And it's funny because I always ask my mom, I'm like, did anyone tell you to massage your scar? And they're like, nope. And I'm like, please do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so important. <laughs> so, so important. So, so important. And so maybe that will, we should jump right into these questions because we want to talk about why it's important. Okay. And, and one of, and well, Kate, I'm going to kind of go in addition to all these questions because I'm a go with the flow person. Why, why is it important? And yeah, well, let's start with that. Why is it important? Okay. So there's actually three issues that can develop in a person's body after having a cesarean birth. And sometimes these issues can start right away, but other times they don't start till 10 to 15 years down the road. Mm-hmm. So scar tissue, when they cut open to get the baby out, that creates scar tissue in there. So your uterus cut, your abdominal tissues gets cut, and then scar tissue forms, and it forms very haphazardly to heal everything in its way. So, you know, it just wants to heal. It does a really great job of healing everything. But in doing so, it actually can cause some problems. And normally, scar tissue lays down in the manner that the body moves. So like if you were to get a scar on your arm and you bend and straighten your arm, that movement of your arm tells the scar tissue how to lay down its fibers so that it can continue to work. Mm -hmm. Now, in the abdomen... We don't have that mobility because it's so deep in there and we can't stretch and move in a way that can mobilize those scar tissue fibers. So they just kind of glue everything down together because trying to heal everything. So it can, the bladder sits right in front of the uterus. The uterus actually lays on top of the bladder. And so one of the first issues that some women can experience is bladder frequency. So they feel like they have to go to the bathroom every 20 minutes, even though they just went 20 minutes ago. And what's happening is the bladder actually has stretch receptors in the wall of the bladder, and that when those stretch receptors get pulled, that sends the signal to the brain that, hey, I pee. Mm. And 
what ends up happening is the scar tissue is pulling on the bladder, sending the signal to the brain without the bladder being full. So we really need to get in there to massage it to free that up so then the bladder can expand on its own without getting pulled in from the tissue. Okay? Yep, yep. So that's, that's the first one is bladder frequency. And the second one is deep thrusting pain with intercourse. Okay? So the uterus, again, because the scar tissue is all laying down every which way it can to help heal the area, that scar tissue can create a somewhat of a brick wall in that lower abdominal area. And when we are having intercourse and we're thrusting, all those tissues need to be able to mobilize up and down. So when the penis is thrusting in there, those tissues need to be able to move towards the head, okay? And if the scar tissue is in there and it's creating a brick wall, it's going to hit that and be ow. Mm. So that's the deep thrusting pain with intercourse. And again, if you get in there and release that scar tissue, you can release that, you can get rid of that pain. Then the third issue that is very common is low back pain. So the uterus has two ligaments that attach. They're called the uterosacral ligaments, and they attach to the back in the sacrum. Well, the uterus, I have never met a C-section scar that's not tighter on one side more than the other. Yeah, it's on the left. We learned about this in training babies class. (laughs) Did you? Well, the tuberosacral ligaments, I'm not sure if that's the same. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it is. So my theory on why one side is always tighter is because it's usually the side that the main surgeon stood on. (gasps) And because they're cutting and pulling and everything towards them. He was on the left side. My my physician was on the left side. Yep. And it's my left so, side that is Because tired. that's the way that they're naturally tugging when they're stitching up. Yep. Yep. What? And they're pulling the baby out towards them more. My mind is yeah. blown. My mind is blown. We're only yeah. Like and my mind yeah. is blown. Crazy. Yep. It's usually, usually always the case. So that tightness. So yours is on the left side, right? So yes. uh, correct. <laughs> Not right side. So that left side tightness. It's really tight, so the uterus is getting pulled forward on that left side because of that increased tightness. The body protects the organs. So the body, you know, the organs are what keep us alive. So they're priority in our body. So if the body is, if the uterus is getting tugged on or it's tight, the the bones are going to adapt to lessen the pull on the organs. So because of the uterosacral ligament connection, that sacrum is going to get pulled forward to lessen the pull on the the uterus. And And that's going to cause poorly positioned baby, a harder time for mom. I mean, mean, misalignment. I mean, it it, it ties into everything. Yeah, during birth, but even before birth, like your babies are going to be more likely to be breech or posterior or just because if the uterus is constantly being pulled one way because of the scar and I mean we haven't even gotten into dense adhesions yet but like if you're being pulled that way then the baby has a tendency to get in a space that's comfortable for it and it's going to be like away from the spot that's being pulled. Lynn when it starts pulling your sacrum and stuff does that usually make the other side of the pelvis tighter? Looser? Well go Um, wonky too? 
Well, like, what ends up happening is, so so your example, right, you're tighter on the left-hand side, so the sacrum gets pulled forward on that left-hand side, and then it can't move. So it can't move as freely mm. as it should in that sacroiliac joint. That sacrum needs to flex and extend as we flex and extend, as we bend over mm-hmm. and straighten up. That sacrum needs to be able to do some movement there. Because of that scar tissue, it doesn't allow that. So now the right side has to move more. So you can get same side back pain or opposite side back pain to Mm. the tightness of your C-section scar. It just depends on the dynamic of what's happening in that sacrum. But the great thing is, is that you can free it up. And, you know, and then you get to that back pain. And one of the stories I tell in the video on YouTube is that I have a girlfriend who has the same age boys as I do. And this is back when they were eight, six and eight years old. And she had two cesarean births. And she came to see me. She was getting ready to go camping one day. And her back went out on her. And she wasn't, she was thinking she wasn't going to be able to go camping. So she came to see me. And all I did was work on her C-section scar. I didn't touch her back one iota. She got off my table, had no more back pain, and was able to go camping the next day. Wow. So you want to come to Salt Lake then, for me? Yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously. <laughs> I'm not that far away. Get I in line. Not. You're Get not. In line. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so two years later, my friend was getting ready to go camping again. I think she has an issue with camping. Mm-hmm. And her back went out on her again. And so she came to see me, and this time she had had knee surgery six months prior. So she had been hobbling around on a bad Mm. knee, and so I didn't think about her C-section scar. I thought about the bad knee, so I adjusted her pelvis, her knee, her hip, her back, her sacrum, everything, and never touched her C-section scar. And I saw her the next day at a school picnic with our boys. And I checked in on her, and she, I go, how are you doing? She goes, no, I'm still in pain. And I went, I never worked on your C-section scar. So I laid her down on the picnic table. I released her section scar. She got off the table. She had no more pain and went camping the next day. Oh, my God. So, amazing? Yeah. And, and the thing is with her, she has a, a more rotund belly. And so it's just a little bit more challenging to get in deep enough to fully release it. So I told her, I said, listen, whenever you get that back pain, you get in there and you massage it, and that should help your back pain. And so I ran into her years later, and I said, oh, my gosh, I tell your story all the time. And she goes, well, tell it works. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though, yeah. I so I have massaged my scar since I found your video. And, uh-huh. like, it will, like, I can notice a big difference, but I think – Personally, I don't allow myself to go deep enough. Yes, that is, it. and and it's actually a little bit hard to be able to go deep enough on yourself. But just the angle of it, you know. So, in the deepest layer is the most important layer because that's working with the organs. Mm-hmm. We have to release those organs in there and get them happy and free to move to get rid of the pain, to get rid of the the thrusting pain, to get rid of the bladder frequency. So if you can, just try to sink in a little bit further and um, get down in there. You you know, I think the the fear is is that, you know, people people don't want to hurt themselves. You know, like, oh, I don't want to mess anything up. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, you can't. 
you cannot, unless you're a sadistic person, you cannot create enough pain to, to induce damage to your tissues, okay? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, just, it, it's just not, you know, I'm sure as soon as you get some pain, you're just like, well, I, you back off, right? Mm-hmm. And so the way I do it, though, I really, and the way I teach it in my courses is we need to be so respectful of the tissues, and we need to encourage and not force the tissues to release. And when we do it that way, the tissues just melt into our hands. And that's really what we're wanting there. And if we're trying to force something to happen, then the tissues start fighting us. And that's not what we want. And that can create more pain and irritation and soreness afterwards. So I tell my moms to, you know, just just allow your hands to sink in, hold the restriction, hold the mobility. When it, If it doesn't want to move one way, encourage it and just hold it there. Wait for it to melt. Mm, and yeah. that can help get you the release. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who've had cesarean births don't even like to touch their scars. I yes. don't. I still and don't. No, yeah. A lot it's of been six issue. years. This is one of the questions <laughs> yeah. is, you know, like, because we, we we see it often where women are like, I don't like to associate with my scar at all, like at all. Yeah. And so what what are some mental benefits to loving your scar and yeah. accepting that scar? Well, well, I think that to me, when someone tells me, oh, my God, I can't even look at it, I can't even touch it. To me, that's a sign of trauma. Yeah. That's a trauma Just response a in the body. It totally yeah. is. And, and so we need to address that. And I, I feel like once you can address the whole trauma response, then that reaction isn't so avoidant. Yeah. And you can more, more easily accept and love the scar. So that's one of the biggest pieces is that, you know, we need to really look at the trauma response in the body and, you know, when we are giving birth, the, you know, the trauma responses in the body are fight, flight, or freeze. Yep. And, and, so, and, and then there's a, even more so one is a collapse. I don't tend to see a lot of collapse in my practice, so I don't have a lot of experience working with a, a complete collapse, but I do see a lot, a lot of freeze. And so one of the things that can help with that is, number one, just recognizing it's like, wow, yes, okay, I was traumatized or, you know, yes, it was overwhelming to me because a lot of times the, you know, the, the doctors, bless them, are the ones inflicting the trauma by saying, well, if you don't push this baby out the next five minutes, you're going to have to have a C-section. Yeah, well, that's yeah. A that, right? I feel like that um, happens so often, and then the moms are like, yes. and they clam up, what? Or, or they push like a banshee, and they get the baby and out, and they get the a first-degree tear. Or the nurses say, yes. sometimes all you got to do is instill some fear. Like, uh, And I'm like, what? No. That's not no, no, what no. we should be doing. <laughs> But yeah, exactly, because what we, what we need to understand, but, you know, for birth, we need to open and relax. And if you're in fear response, you tighten and contract. Mm-hmm. So especially the, the pelvic floor muscles. The pelvic floor muscles are our sense of safety and security and belonging in, in the world. 
And mm-hmm. so that's one of the biggest things that I work with with my mamas that come to see me prior to their labors is making sure that those pelvic floor muscles do have the ability to rest and relax and lengthen because that's what needs to happen for birth. And I, I tell you, I feel like the pelvic floor muscles are the stoplight for birth. Mm-hmm. That if we could, if we could get more birth professionals to learn how to help the pelvic floor muscles to relax during the birth process, I think we could avoid more cesarean births. Absolutely. Um, I, I've been teaching some midwives who come to my courses. I, I actually had a PT turned midwife who attended one of my courses down in Australia, and she was able to actually turn, or she was able to help two mamas avoid a cesarean birth by just doing some of the techniques she learned in my courses. Wow. So, you know, and, and I've had midwives who have, have told me, they're like, Lynn, whenever a labor stalls, I just go work on releasing the pelvic floor muscles and the baby just comes right on out. Mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a labor nurse who came to see me and she, um, she was coming in for her own personal session and as I was working on her, she's like, you know, I just intuitively kind of just get in there and work with those pelvic floor muscles and just try to work on getting them to relax. The doctors love me because none of my mamas ever end up in a cesarean birth. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, you intuitively know that those pelvic floor muscles are the stoplight for birth. And yeah. we need to help them to relax and be able to lengthen. You know, the more we can do that prior to birth, the better off we're going to be. So, right. yeah. Yes. But back to the whole touching and, and not being able to touch your scar what I find with a lot of my moms, and I, I like to I like to kind of redefine trauma in kind of two ways. I, I say there's a lowercase t trauma and there's a capital case t trauma. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? As a, as far as a degree, as a severity, mm-hmm. yeah, the severity, right? Yes, yeah. You know, a lot of times with the lowercase t trauma. It's just about being able to recognize what you were feeling during the event. And we, we get kind of frozen and it gets overwhelming, so we freeze and then we disassociate. And so if we can go back in time and actually kind of re-feel into those moments, and, you know, I had a woman come to see me who for five years had lower abdominal pain after her cesarean birth. She mm-hmm. had a five-year-old. And she then went on and had two laparoscopic surgeries and something else trying wow. to figure out why she had all this pain. Mm-hmm. And when she came to see me, all I did was put my hands on her lower belly and felt into it. And I asked her, so, so how were you feeling about the, that cesarean birth? And she goes, I think I was a little afraid. Hmm. And her just recognizing that she had fear helped the tissues to just kind of melt underneath my hand. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. See, you know, it's so just, powerful. It is. It is powerful stuff. It is, and it can be relatively simple too, right? Yeah. But we we need to be willing to explore and to go there. 
And so that can be um, hard for I some had, people. It can't. It can't. And so then that's why I like to, to you know, talk about the differentiation of lowercase t trauma to capital case t trauma, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, someone someone who has a capital T trauma, they're not going to be able to access the feeling. They're going to need help and support. And I would really encourage anyone listening into this, if you had capital T trauma, please go work with a trauma specialist. There are counselors out there. There's EMDR. There's brain spotting. Mm-hmm. Any of my advanced birth healing specialists, I have a directory on my website of Whoa. people who I have trained if they have taken the advanced course, they know how to work with the trauma in the way that I do, and they can be very helpful with that. And so, now, what's that website um, again? Um, we're going to say at the end of the yeah. end, but let's, let's plug it in yeah. right here, too. Okay, Institute for Birth Healing. So, F-O-R, not the number, but instituteforbirthhealing.com. Perfect. And if you just go on there, there's a directory of all those practitioners that I've trained that know and understand the best way to work with the postpartum body and the best way to release C-section scars. And those that have taken the advanced course know how to work more with the energy and the trauma in the body, how to help to release that. But I tell you what, the key to releasing trauma from the body is helping to access your emotions. I had a mom come to see me who, she told me the most horrific traumatic birth story I think I've ever heard. And there was so much trauma that just, you know, like the story just kept tra- trauma, trauma, trauma. And I was just thinking wow. in my head as she was telling the story going, oh, my goodness, I'm going to find a lot of body, I bet, you know. And when she laid down on the table and I tuned into her body and I, I felt into the tissues, there was nothing there. She had released it all. She had released it. So I go, holy cow, what did you do? And she said, I replayed my birth three times with my husband and my doula talking about what I experienced and what I was feeling at each and every moment of the experience. Wow. And and the key word there is feeling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about just going through and saying, well, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. It's not a litter, you know, a list of the events. It's what were you feeling and experiencing in each and every moment of your birth. Wow. And I tell you what, if you can just acknowledge, acknowledge what you were feeling, it's amazing how much those tissues can shift and change. I believe it. I believe that that energy is held tightly and there's lots yes. of ways to release it. We have a um, structural integration specialist that is local to us and she does a lot of work with the fascia and she yeah. says a lot of her fascial work is um, emotional as well, and she's like, I keep a tissue box by in every room, yeah. um, because when that when either the fascia releases and the motions flow, or the motions flow and the fascia releases, and it all just kind of yep. works together and um, is a beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah, I actually had a mom. It's very very common for um, the clients that come to me to cry on my table, and I and I invite that and I encourage it wholeheartedly mm-hmm. um, because that's it, it is it's held in the tissues and I had this mom that came to see me and she I was tr- I was working intravaginally which I do I just use a gloved finger I don't use a speculum or anything and so I was working internally she had this tension in her pelvic floor muscles and she started to well up but then she shifted right back down and I didn't feel called to call her out on it mm-hmm. I just let it be 
And then at the end of the set, I wasn't able to get her pelvic floor muscles to release. And I can usually get pelvic floor muscles to release in one session. Nice. And so I was kind of flabbergasted, you know, and I was like, wow, okay, well, I'm, you know, I told her, I said, well, we really didn't, you still have the tension in here and I didn't get it to release. So I would love to see you again so we can try to do it next time. She sits up off the table and she says, ha, my girlfriend told me you were going to make me cry and you didn't. Oh, <gasps> whoa. So right? she wasn't uh, allowing herself to be vulnerable and open. She was fighting and, and it. So she fought it. She, she held it she back. She literally held it back, yeah. And wow. so it stayed in the tissues. The tension stayed in the tissues. Wow. So that's why it's so important for us to really tune into, okay, what was I experiencing? What was I feeling during, you know, during the whole event? And if you can access that, and see, the thing is, is that once that baby comes on out, all the attention and everything goes right to the baby. Yep. We discount everything that happened to us. Mm-hmm. We, you know, you discount it and you disregard it because baby's here, baby's okay, that's all that matters. Well, not really. <laughs> I feel it's really important for you to look at what happened to you. Because your mind may forget about it, but your body doesn't. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Powerful. So I have a, another really interesting story. I had a woman come to see me who had a vertical C-section scar. So yep. it ran from above her belly button down to her pubic bone mm-hmm. instead of going across hip to hip. Mm-hmm. And that is rare. I think, in fact, I think she's only one of two people in the over the decade that I've been working mainly with moms that I saw that vertical scar. And so I was like, wow, working with her. And so I was doing some scar tissue release work. And right around her belly button, it was as thick as my thumb. And it was only, it, it was like this one inch segment of really, really thick scar wow. along the length of her scar. And I'm an empath, so I can feel into the tissues what is being held in there most of the time. Not all mm-hmm. the time, but... And I was tuning into this really thickened area. I could feel the anger. And so I just asked her to tune into it. It's more powerful if your clients experience it and, and find it themselves versus me telling them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said, so what do you sense right here underneath my fingers? She goes, I'm angry. <laughs> I said, yep, you are. <laughs> and I said, who, who are you angry at? Oh, the surgeon, you know. Oh. And we were able to process it and help her to come to terms with it. And I wish I would, I wish I could have taken a picture or, you know, been able to document it. But after we worked on releasing the anger towards her surgeon, it was only as big as my, my pinky. Wow. That's awesome. So I was just, I was at the gym today with my friend um, who had her uh, fifth baby and uh-huh. had an awesome plan. She has had always had vaginal births, easy, beautiful births, and she was going to do unmedicated in, in a birth center this time. And she got sick and weird things happened anyway. And she ended up going in and being induced in a hospital in a hospital that she had voiced that she didn't love. Um, her She had had her babies there before. But um, anyway, so she actually ended in a cesarean that even one to this day, like, it was just kind of crazy how it happened. Like, I could, like, kind of see it coming, like, based off of the way they were talking. But, like, then the babies 
had D cells and everything and she was rushed back and had the C-section and and she's so uh, I want to say maybe 12 weeks out maybe 10 uh-huh. and today we were at the gym and we were talking about it and she she's got the scar and it is very similar to what you just explained so she says it's on the outside but I feel like it's more on the inside from what I've felt because I've felt it um, and today I uh-huh. can actually see it bulging from her pants <gasps> Like, you can actually see the bulge from her pants. And it's thick, and you can feel it, and it's like a shelf. And she's like, it's going to go, like, it has, and it used to be, like, the whole scar. And so, like, from what I can tell, like, the outside is, like, better. But it's like what you just explained. Like, it's like my thumb inside. Uh And it literally, I mean, she's a very petite person. You can literally see see it outside of her pants. Holy cow. And so, anyway... I just, I just wonder just now, I'm like, I, I feel like I need to go talk to her tonight. Like, yeah. <laughs> like right we now. need yeah. to talk about it. Over. Because, you know, when she's, she's mentioned it to me. I'm going to make sure she listens to this. So sorry. Yeah. So, I'm talking uh, you know, how, you, but. <laughs> how did you feel about it? How did she feel about her surgery? What, what emotions are in there? You know, what, all those things, well, you know, yeah. I, yeah. And, and the thing we need to remember is that a cesarean scar on the outside is like an iceberg. The scar we see on the surface, there's so much more going on underneath the surface. Mm -hmm. So we need to keep that in mind. Yeah, because even right after that, she said, I told her to make sure I was bikini ready. And (laughs) and just knowing her, like, I I think maybe there is some processing to be done with this because this wasn't the birth that she wanted she she wanted a different she had a whole different plan and i have never seen it so bulgy personally like i've never seen it so bulgy but yeah well so do you suggest she be seen for something like that yeah definitely we need to remember that everybody scars so differently Mm -hmm. exactly and so you know some people hardly scar all and then others are really good scars which Mm -hmm. is not a good thing (laughs) not always a good thing but and so there's you know there's keloid scarring which can happen where the body creates this these this keloid and it's a really really thick scar tissue in there and so Again, both of them, they all need mobilization, they need massaging, and you really need to get in there deep. That third layer, I, in my video, I talk about the scars having three layers, the skin, the muscle, the organs. Mm-hmm. Um, I like simple, so I just cut it down to those three layers. There's a gazillion layers in there, but yeah. you just think about it in those layers. That's where you need to focus in on, and that, that deeper layer is what can really help you with those three issues we talked about earlier on in this interview. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. I'm yeah. going to have, I'm going to, I'm going to text She's texting her right now. Um, <laughs> I'm actually on her. Yeah. <laughs> I just sent her your video. Because <laughs> um, I, I told her I was going to talk to you today and she's like, oh yeah. And I, so I just sent her, I'm like, okay, here, go watch this right now. So I have another question, too, um, with dense adhesions. I know we're kind of running out of time, but I would like to talk about this because I have personally been told, and I, I am quite a few years out of postpartum, that my that my scar is adhered, adhesed. What's the right word? I don't know. Stuck. Adhesed. <laughs> yeah. Adhesed. 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 Yeah, yeah. To my bladder. 
That's one of the most common yeah. complications of cesarean. Yeah. And especially as you get multiple cesareans, your risk of dense adhesion skyrockets. Yeah. So right. I want to talk about yeah. that and like how, like how often, like do you feel that women, and you mentioned it in your friend's story, how like she went camping and you released it and she, all the, everything was gone, but yeah. then you had to release it again, you know, years later. And so like, this is something that I have, I try to massage it on a weekly basis. Like, yeah, I t- really try yeah. to. Can you talk a little bit about how, so I think a lot of people think like, oh, once the scar tissue's there, it's there and it's done. Like it can't adhere to right. a bladder 10 years down the road or it can't adhere to other organs or continue building scar tissue, but can it? Yes. It was, well, the, the, the true answer is we don't really know. Um, because you can't, yeah, exactly. Right. We can't, you know, if you go in there and check it out, you're creating more scar tissue. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to do that. But I have, uh, I I talked to other body workers who have had cesarean births and they, I used to, so I kind of did a literature research a year ago and kind of looked at, well, how long does it take? How long does scar tissue form? And the literature that I looked at back way back when was like nine months to two years. I mean, that's a huge gap, right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, how do we really know? And in talking to a body worker who does tissue release work herself on other women and who has had one, she's like, Lynn, we, we always need to be working on this. I don't think that there is a time where we can stop working on it because I think it will continue to keep forming but we don't know to what degree hopefully Mm -hmm. it lessens over time but Mm -hmm. we don't really know so yes the scar tissue can get in there and it can adhere onto the bladder it can adhere onto the colon nearby and it can just cause you know and I used to think that as a massage therapist or you know as doing massage on these scar tissues that I was breaking it up but then I actually observed an abdominal surgery and saw the scar tissue and saw those adhesions and I'm like, oh, there's no way we're breaking it up and getting rid of it. We're just increasing the flexibility of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that, that's, in my sense, that's all we're doing. That adhesion is still there, but we're making it more flexible. So it can move. It so it can move problems. and everything yeah. can function around it. Like that bladder needs to be able to expand. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, it would be natural to... Um, I'm just kind of like making an, an inference from that, but that's why it needs to be released a few, few years later because it can tense and tighten up again. And so it's something yeah. that it's not just a one-time fix. It needs to be continually worked on to keep, make sure it stays loose and flexible. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so I have, when, when a mom who's had a cesarean birth comes in and I work on her C-section scar, I release it really well. And then I show her how she she can, you know, keep mobilizing it and, and working with it and how she can keep it free. Mm-hmm. And so I say, you know, check in with it five minutes every day. And then if every day you're checking in and you're not finding any, any restriction in there, then go to once a week. Mm-hmm. And then if, you know, after a couple of weeks of doing it and you're not feeling any restriction or tightness in there that you're not having to release, then just check in with it once a month. And... I think, you know, that kind of frequency is fine, you know, unless you start to feel it tightening up again, and then you can get back in there and start working on it more frequently. 
But, you you know, that's where being in tune with your body and really knowing and sensing when you're feeling tension from that scar tissue, people who are really aware can really tell when it starts to pull. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I see a local uh, public floor specialist here in Utah, and she uh-huh. did this thing on me where um, I, I was laying down, and she pushed on a certain area of my scar and my belly like this certain part of my belly went and like tightened like it like pulled uh-huh. like it was pulling yeah. with my scar and she was like do you yeah. see this yeah. and I was like yeah she's like we need to work on this like yeah this is something we need to work on and and it it makes me wonder sometimes um of how a really tight tight scar with lots of tissue and lots of adhesions could impact a vaginal birth because I've had a client who had three cesareans and she was she was going for a VBAC and ended up choosing a repeat cesarean and one of the doctors in her repeat cesarean said, your bladder is covered in adhesions. And so yeah. it made me wonder like if her scar over time was actually adhering and then sort of pulling away and then it re-adhering and pulling away. I wonder if that's possible. I don't know. Definitely. Well, and I, I used to think that we didn't have to worry about cesarean scars during a second pregnancy because the growing uterus would stretch it out, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's expanding, it's growing, everything in there is getting stretched out. And Mm. so I'm like, "Eh, yeah, don't worry about it. The the growing uterus will just, you know, like unless you're having pains from the expanding uterus, then, then we need to get in there and release things. Sometimes that uterus just growing should be stretching out that scar tissue in there. However, after that second birth or whatever number it is, when I go back in and check those two section scars, they're still tight. Mm-hmm. And it so, could cause the uterus to overcompensate and pull in other areas to make up for the limited right. mobility of the scar. Yeah. So I anybody who has you know has had a, a cesarean birth and wants to go for a VBAC, I encourage them to see one of my birth healing specialists prior to giving birth because. Uh, you know, what the problem in our birthing practices today is that nobody is assessing the birth door. And yeah. by the birth door, I mean the pelvis and the pelvic floor muscles mm-hmm. and the baby's alignment going into the pelvis, you know. So there's three things that I always look for when someone comes in and they're pregnant. I want to make sure the lower abdominal fascia and tissues have good mobility. The uterus has good mobility so baby can get into the best position possible. I want to make sure baby's head is midline and in a good position there. I want to make sure the pelvic bones can move as they need to. The pelvic bones go through a plethora of movement to get that baby out. Yes, they do. If you've had injuries, falls, impacts, sport injuries, hip issues, sacroiliac joint dysfunction, those can all, they're not going, they may not inhibit a birth, but they can impact a birth. So, you know, falls on the tailbone, things like that. It's just going to make it a lot harder. But those pelvic floor muscles, those are key. So we need to assess those pelvic floor muscles prior to going into labor and make sure that they are nice and supple and able to lengthen and expand for that baby to come on out. So if you're wanting to go for a VBAC, and, and I always ask my mom, so what happened during that first birth? What 
cause that VBAC, you know, and, and usually it's an induction, right? But, you know, once you start inducing and messing with the, the whole system, you're usually headed down the road to a, a cesarean birth. So I educate my moms and I talk to them about, you know, let's have you labor at home as much as you can. Don't go into hospital too early because once you enter that hospital, you start the time clock. And if you're not progressing on their time clock, then they're going to start in, intervening. And as soon as you start doing interventions, then one leads to another, leads to another, leads to a C-section. Mm-hmm. So there are things that we can be proactive as far as if you're wanting to do a, a VBAC. Those are the things that I would want to assess in a woman prior to going into birth. And it, it just astounds me that midwives and MDs, they're not worried. They're not, we're just assuming, we're assuming that the pelvis can do what it needs to. The pelvic floor muscles can do what it needs to. We're assuming the baby gets in the best position, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't always happen. And so what I'd like to bring to the table is like, hey, let's assess this. I had one mom who came in to see me after having a cesarean birth because she wanted a VBAC. And when I went to assess her pelvic floor muscles, her tailbone was sticking straight up into the pelvic outlet. So it was this huge roadblock for the baby's head. Like, so yes. the, there was no way that baby's head was to come out that way. Now, why didn't we find that before she went into labor for 56 hours? Mm-hmm. You know? It, I, it's like, come I've on. had a mom that had that and her tailbone broke. It yeah. was literally, so her first one was broke and then it healed straight up like that. Oh, like, the, the yeah. midwife went in and was like, I'm literally hitting a tailbone. Like, I'm hitting your bone. It's sitting straight up. And then it broke and baby came right out. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So many it is. things. It is. It's crazy. So yes. many things. Yes, it is. Oh, well, seriously, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we could finally find a time because I know that we are crazy and we have a lot of late times here recording at the studio. (laughs) Um, So we're excited that we were able to get you on. And I really do want everyone to pull out their phones or their computers and go to YouTube and YouTube Institute for Birth Healing you will find her page. She talks about a whole bunch of things, you know, three assessments to facilitate birth, pain during pregnancy, is it a, you know, is a problem, secrets for postpartum, obviously C-section, pelvic floor tissues, all of these things. She teaches um, a lot of things, squatting for birth even. It's, it's awesome. So go check her out because I use her. I send you, I send you to my clients all the time. Like I send your videos <laughs> to my clients all the time because right, it's right. helped it's helped me personally. Um, and yeah. so we're excited that we were able to have you on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. And if I can, if you don't mind me just mentioning, I do have, because I have those videos. So I, I just want to educate and I want to help empower women to be able to take charge of their births and their recoveries. And so mm-hmm. we have those free videos online. We do a birth healing summit every year that is more geared towards practitioners to help them. Um, That's birthhealingsummit.com if you want to find out more about that. We have online trainings. So we have a lot of online trainings. Um, We do live and in-person trainings for body workers. Mm -hmm. So we have a holistic treatment of the pregnant body course, holistic treatment of the postpartum body course, and an advanced postpartum course. And those are the three courses you need to take to come certified as a birth healing specialist. 
And then I'm super excited in the beginning of next year, in January of 2020, we're going to be releasing a facilitating a smoother birth and faster recovery for doulas Ooh, or other birth Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We would love we, that. Yeah. We will be the first yes. two. Awesome. And then we also have created a simple steps for a smoother birth and a faster recovery. And that is geared towards moms or pregnant people who, Amazing. Um, you know, it, it's, it's talking directly to our pregnant people. So, the facilitating is for the birth profession, but the simpler steps is for the, the pregnant person. So awesome. um, super excited. And I'm also working on, I'm waiting for, from Dona to get that CEU, the facilitating Yay. a smoother birth. We're, we're attempting to get the CEU for that, so we're waiting to hear back from them. So, so awesome. yes, we, just the Institute for Birth Healing is here to help be a resource for all birth professionals and pregnant people as well. And we just want to help make things easier. You know, our whole goal is to help moms have a smoother birth and better recovery. And it is possible. So thank you so much for helping me to, giving me the opportunity to share this information because I absolutely love any chance I get. Absolutely. (laughs) We can relate to that. (laughs) We really do appreciate you. And um, as she was mentioning for birth professionals, she even has a directory on her website. So I'm assuming once you get your stuff she puts you on and she's got people i mean like new zealand portland hawaii denver all over so um if you're in you're you're interested go check out her website and see if there's someone near you because Uh, there just may be someone by you yeah we have we're we're in six different countries i think right now and we have um even in russia so that was really cool cool. yeah super awesome Yeah, so fun. So thank you both so much. I really appreciate this opportunity. Well, thank you. We are so glad to have you on. And let us know as soon as that doula course comes out because we will definitely sign up. (laughs) Awesome. So if people, um, uh, the other thing too, I have a Facebook group. If if anybody wants to join a private Facebook group, it's Institute for Birth Healing Community. So if you reach out, if you know, Institute for Birth Healing Community, if you search for that on Facebook and just ask to join, is an amazing community of both moms and professionals. So if you have any questions, you can just post it, uh, a discussion, and you will get answers from everybody. And it is so supportive. And I do a lot of Facebook Lives. I think I have over 30 Facebook Lives. So there's even more good information there. We talk about prolapse. I interview some of my practitioners, I interview some of the clients that I'm working with. On next, um, I'm getting ready to do an interview on IVF and trauma. Oh. Um, so just all, so much stuff. It's uh, those are all in the video files of that group. And then we're also on Instagram too, so Institute for Birth Healing. So please join in, and that's where we'll do all the posting of letting you know when the next courses are available and all that kind of stuff too. So. Okay. Well, go check your Facebook. I just yeah, answered the question. We are requesting right okay. now. We're requested. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Right. Well, Great. thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening. And um, yeah, you. we're excited to get this episode up and running. Would you like to be a guest on the podcast? Head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story. For more information on all things VBAC, including online and in-person VBAC classes, the VBAC blog, and Julie and Megan's bios, head over to the VBAClink.com. 
Congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the VBAC link.